Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hey there, Jets fans. Welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast. My name is AJ. This is episode 62. And what we have for you today is the audio from a live stream video that we did on uh, Periscope slash Twitter two, two nights ago. So it had lots of views. I know not everybody um, sits down and watches videos, so we wanted to post the audio as well. So if you've watched that video in its entirety, um, that, that's all this is. You're, you're not missing anything by uh, shutting this off right now and going and doing something else and waiting for the next uh, episode that we put out. So uh, that's all this is going to be. I will make one clarification. After we did it, I guess uh, Scott Billick of uh, local mainstream media had watched it and messaged me afterwards, said he liked it, but he did clarify. At the very end, we talk about the different uh, ways fans absorb media, and he did add another category. I had four. Um, He added uh, broadcaster's rights, which would be TSN and how that could have its pros and cons. We kind of went through the pros and cons of getting information just from the team versus through mainstream media in Winnipeg, local, uh, mainstream media national, and then uh, I guess he added the broadcasters category. So that's something to consider when you're listening to that. And uh, it was a good point. And then also what I like to call secondary media, which is uh, Jets Nation, Arctic Ice Hockey, ourselves, uh, Mitch with the Winnipeg um, Hockey Talk, the guys over at Jets Nation podcast, that would all be secondary secondary media. Anyhow, let's get to the episode. Enough talking. Again, if you watch the video, that's all this is. The audio from there. So anyhow, if you didn't, enjoy and tell us how terrible it was. Thanks, bye. I thought we're broadcasting live. We're broadcasting live from our mom's basement. We're all we all live here we in the basement. basement. In the basement. No. It's no. true. Anyhow, welcome to the Jet Centric Podcast. My name is AJ. This is Chris to my right. And this is Daniel over here. We're going to be doing this live thing. We're also recording and going to post it. It'll be episode, uh, I don't know, 62, 63, something like that. So we're going to see how this goes, see who joins us. And uh, we'll try and do a good job. We'll take any questions. If you guys have some, we also have some topics and whatnot. So we'll uh, we'll uh, try and tackle those. So now, before any of you guys uh, really join, I'm sure you'll start back and you'll hear some of this. But we'll kind of get into it anyhow and then just remind you to um, send us some questions. So uh, first thing we'll start off with, I think, is obviously the Line A Connor thing. I know uh, it's a bit of a dead horse. We've all been uh, hearing about it so much. When's this going to happen? Uh, last time we recorded, Chris and I talked about it. Daniel, I thought maybe if you had any uh, any insight or any new stuff to what Line A said lately, maybe you had the, you know, something you give us. Something new. Give us a nugget of some something, something funny, some anecdote, something about Line A. Something, maybe Connor. Something too. funny about Line A. Or Connor golfing. Whatever you like. Uh, Connor golfing. Well, that, that was meme? a disaster in itself. Or the, the <laughs> 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 yeah, well... As we know, Connor uh, was playing in that Southwood, the Players' Cup or whatever. A nice uh, plus 49 he shot over two rounds. Probably slightly better than I can do out there. But uh, they had, you know, not, not too much. They asked him the basic questions, you know, where are you going to play next year? Or when or how or how's the contract talks or stuff like that. So nothing really of value there. And I don't take too much of what players say in interviews with media about stuff like that too seriously because they're kind of just... They don't really say much. No. If you actually listen to the to the answers, they just kind of say, "Well, I don't know." 
Really, yeah. it's basically at the end of the day, they don't really know. Now they they say that all the time, pretty much. That's not that's not even new to contract talk. They're no, just, no, yeah. They're historically uh, don't give you very much to talk about or very interesting, right? So yeah, it's all generic answers. Like, and then you go to Line A, who did that interview? I forget. Was it uh, Chris Johnson? He did that interview with uh, uh, Sportsnet, yeah, the Sportsnet, in from Finland, I believe, before some tournament or pro am game or something. And he said, basically, you never know where you're going to end up. Well, yeah. what exactly does that mean? I mean, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, you really don't know where you're going to end up and anything can happen is basically what he's trying to say. I mean, he's probably not signing an offer sheet next week. I don't, I don't think, but wouldn't it be fun if he did? Maybe we can get, get some action, get some news out there. Something, something to talk about instead of, uh, instead of just looking for stuff to talk about like we are right now, you know, like you answer all these questions and stuff and it's just like. Now, how much of it do you take for what it's worth theoretically if he were to sign an offer sheet it'd probably be over that 8.4 mil or whatnot right so what would be the compensation if line a were to sign a sign an offer sheet assuming that he accepted it and the jets didn't match which i think they would over if, the eight if they had the money i suppose depending the, on oh, okay the 8.4 was all the one right it was i think just so yeah so it's it, so it likely going to be above that so was that like three first rounders or four probably. it's four first rounders i think oh. or is it yeah four first that'd be something. great for drafting and developing Couple first rounds. Yeah, a couple first rounders. We'll, we'll get some instead of give some. That'd and be nice. fun tidbit is for the next five first rounders if they if the team doesn't have one to offer, just a little tidbit there. So I don't. It doesn't matter what was offered. I mean, that's when yeah. Aho got that offer. I was kind of like, well, thanks to Montreal for writing the the contract for that's Aho, basically, right? Yeah, and because it I just think speeds up the process yeah, more than anything. It, it basically gives you a one-week timeline to figure out what you want to do. Yeah. yeah, and unless it was $14 million or something, the Jets are signing. It, doesn't, it wouldn't even So, it, it, like, just to be a little bit conspiracy theorist, the Jets should get a team to offer sheet line A, so he's forced to either take, you know, maybe I mean, take it, it, and then just the, that's your, the contract you get, right? I mean, it gets the deal done. The other thing, yeah. we I think, we, I think it's come up on the social media is... Um, <laughs> Is um, how much of that was him joking? The way he talks, the way his Line dry him. attitude, like yeah. how much of that is just him? Yeah, because that's, that's how he is. He's super nonchalant. Yeah. Like uh, most players, most hockey players are super chalant. Line A super nonchalant, right? Like he's just, like, you know what? I always, I always think of Line A like he doesn't like he cares, but he doesn't really care, right? It's yeah, just he can take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah. There's, I've, I heard that the the interview that he gave in Finnish is, was quite different than the one he gave in English too. He had a real different sense of uh, what he was mm. saying there, but I, I don't read too and much. I guess into there it. is a language barrier there too. Is that maybe his? It's thinking sounding funny in his head, but when it comes yeah. out, it's kind of dry, like you said, or. Not exactly what he meant at right. the end of the day, just with the the translation and stuff. Yeah, from from his first language to English. Well, well and I was gonna say with the, with the deals though with uh, Liney and Connor though, the one thing uh, there was a gentleman online I don't know his actual name, but pointed out that a lot of RFA's uh, the deals get done quite late. Mm-hmm. So this isn't that unusual, and a lot of people are expecting that the Marner thing has to happen first for the rest of them to drop. So if that's true, I guess we're waiting on Marner more than we're waiting on Line A and Connor because that's going to set the market in some way. And Ranton into it sounded like he was a little bit closer to getting the deal done. I don't think he has yet, right? Anything I didn't know there's been nothing. Okay. So movement on that. it's likely we're waiting on those more than anything. So the idea that Line A says, you know, they haven't really talked. I mean, agents. And the club's going to deal differently with every player because of where they are as an asset, you know, how many years they have, if they're RFA or UFA uh, coming up. So I don't really read too much into it either, but... Sorry, and it's not like they're playing hardball. 
No, right? Yeah. And, and so when people, if they're not talking, well, it's not like it's going to take like seven months for them to hammer out the deal. Yeah. Once they have an idea what Marner is and, and that, then it's just going to be a matter of, okay, let's go. And yeah, and then you go do it. That. It's not like they're like pissed off at each other. So to say they're not talking isn't something that people and, should be and pissed off about. I don't know how much, like how much the player actually knows when they, you know what I, what I mean? Like it's a lot of agent to GM kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. And then they kind of, the agent kind of goes to the player and said, this is kind of what we have. I think yes or no kind of thing. Yeah, I think right? you're you right. Know? Yeah, like they're not like they're not, probably not video conferencing with Line A all the time when the agent is talking mm-hmm. to to Chevy or whoever else That's he's right. talking to. Well, right. So they're not the players hardly ever in the room, is from what <laughs> I understand anyway. Um, there's, <laughs> thanks for all the hearts, Jordan. Thanks. <laughs> um, anyhow, these guys are checking to see if you have any questions and read all and the also, comments. And also, can somebody comment right away how the audio is if you guys can hear us? Because uh, now we're like. Five minutes in, and we don't know how we sound. So we don't. Even, we could have just been talking about nothing. <laughs> um, the one thing I was going to say is, though, just hearing, um, Chris, you were there uh, hearing this too. That uh, apparently, you know, somebody who knows people close said that last year with the Josh Morrissey signing, uh, it was basically he was offered a long term and a bridge, basically day or a couple of days just before training camp, and said just choose one. And that was basically how his negotiations went. So, I mean, sometimes they look like that. It's different for everybody. So, again, the line thing, I, I, I'm not too concerned about that uh, getting done. But if uh, things go off the rail or get real exciting, I mean, that's always fun and gives us, obviously, things to talk about. But uh, we'll love to see him in a Jets jersey for a long time. Uh, kind of moving uh, along uh, away from the... Line A Connor talk unless there's anything else. No, no. I mean, no, I think we talked. We, you know, it's getting to a beating a dead horse. I, I think maybe I don't remember correctly, but um, just quick, like Bogosian and Kane were late, right? Yeah. Were they, I, I can't even remember. They were super yeah, late. Ryan okay. Little was a year early, <laughs> which was a Maurice was a year early. <laughs> oh, and a year late. Early. <laughs> and Maurice also a year late. Too. Yeah. So we do early too and late. So so there's an average median somewhere. It all works yeah. out. Yeah. All these are actually signed July 1st. So. <laughs> yeah. It's always, you know what they say, it's always July 1st somewhere. And yeah, moving away from the Wheeler or the Line A Connor talk, uh, there's a little thing that we posted today about the idea of Wheeler at center. I know that it's happened before. Some people really like that idea. Some people hate that, that idea. Posted a poll too. Seems pretty split. But I mean, the Jets obviously don't have. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say they don't have, depending on who you are. Some people don't believe that we have a, a, a competent 2C. So what are your guys' takes on the idea of Wheeler at center? Is that a good way? I mean, that's probably, I mean, obviously splits up Shifley and Wheeler, which we've been talking about for a year and just this is going back to like one of the first episodes. So is that a good idea? I mean, uh, Wheeler at center, how's that change the dynamic? I, I, I don't know where the lineups fall, uh, fall after that, but maybe Daniel, will start with you. What do you think of the idea of Wheeler as a, as a center? Well, I remember when he did go have to play center for, what was it, about 20 games or so when Shifley went down, I think it was about 20, and everyone loved him at center, and I mean, he did, like, he did a fine job at, like, whatever, you know, at the end of the day, as long as the player's in the right spot on the defensive end of the spectrum, and I guess in the ozone as well, it's okay, like, face-offs we've determined over the last few years don't necessarily aren't your do-all end-all. And you need to explain that, though. Okay. You can't just say face-offs. Because, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Even if face-offs were important, Blake Wheeler wouldn't be the one out taking the important no, ones anyway. Exactly. Lowry and Shifley yeah, would be anyway, so that true. doesn't matter. Yeah. So Even uh, if they were important. Yeah, even if they were important. Read Garrett's article about how face-offs aren't important. That's, That's about three or four article. years old or, yeah. old or so, but... Even if they were important, Blake Wheeler wouldn't be the yeah, one taking. That's... He'd be playing the wing at that point anyway, so it wouldn't matter. Okay, Coles Notes version, the reason why they're not as, impor- as important as people have given them uh, 
credit for is just they're just another puck battle and most of the time the puck changes possession a whole bunch of times before anybody scores a goal so scoring goals is the main point so winning a face-off obviously if you're protecting a lead and the, yeah, they yeah. got an extra guy out uh, that's a little bit different in your defensive end and in the offensive end trying to win it if you're down a goal right there's those moments and you talk about then you put out your best face-off but a guys. face-off at the neutral zone is yeah you you take you take uh you know 10 guys and put them in like a small space and then throw a ref in there and just throw the puck down and scrambles around before it really clears up. You get an idea who won it and, and what's going to happen. But I mean, we talk about winning a faceoff. How many times does a team have a puck? They get up just past center, you know, and they could just kind of hold on to get the line change and they just dump it in and give the puck to the other team. So, I mean, winning a faceoff is... it's. I think Garrett had it under the 1% of impact in the yeah, game or yeah. something like that. And those are obvious, happens. obvious where the puck gets one right back to the defenseman and the defenseman blasts at home. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So now back to Wheeler. Yeah, right. Center. Back to the line center. Um, I mean, if at the end of the day it works out with how they're lined up, I guess. I mean, put him at center, but I don't really see why. I just want him and Shifley kind of split up for once. That's kind of where I've been leaning up with the lines for the past, past little bit, you know, just... Yeah, like I it's just just He's exhausted. Him, always him split them up. Daniel can't even get out with his day. Can't, can't even talk. I can't even with this. Yeah, just Shifley and Wheeler, just can we just get them apart for a bit? Like try a stretch even, see how that works out. I mean you want Line Line should be playing with the best the best players on the team, right? And the best player is probably Shifley for him to play with is a guy he hasn't really played with all that much. Right. So let's see what Line could do with with Shifley and if that leaves Wheeler as your second C which it shouldn't because isn't that supposed to be Brian Little well even Bra- though we've replaced him the last two seasons yeah and but- Brian Little I think Chris you mentioned before he was a second line center then we get Hayes and all of a sudden he's a fourth line winger I mean how how good is he is and uh, this isn't Brian Little bashing no, but I yeah, mean just yeah. uh, once we got Hayes he got bumped down it's like well how married were we to the idea of the, him as a second line center kept him with lining and Ehlers forever yet at the same time he's super expendable and basically playing a position of a uh what's the, the word uh, replaceable, replaceable replacement level player yeah. on, on the fourth line wing right so uh, that was only for a short time too but uh, i think you get the I get the point. So, I, I, what a, yeah, I mean, it just—I mean, beating a dead horse again. But what you're boiling down to is splitting up Shifley and Wheeler is the most important thing. And I think we talked before we came on air something that I—I I don't know this. A lot of stuff that we talk about, we try to have like data to back it up a little bit. I don't know this, but I would suggest, especially in Winnipeg's um, chaotic defensive zone coverage that they play, that probably it doesn't matter what position you play as a forward anymore. So much in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Like a, a long time ago, it was like you were center from the time you were 12 years old and then you played center your whole life. And if you're a brilliant, hardworking player, like apparently Blake Wheeler is, we all love him. He's, he is those things. Uh, you know, he's shown it, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't see any reason why he can't pull off a second line center role. Yeah, yeah. Cap- capable above replacement level or more compared to a lot of second line centers in the NHL. There's no reason why he can't. Yeah, Especially if he's playing with a Connor or a, you know, a Matthew Perot to help him, whoever it is, an Ehlers, he's got support to, you know, I don't see any reason why he couldn't. What we're going to what I wanted to say originally was what we're going to see is the first day of training camp if all of this complaining that's come from everywhere is going to be come to fruition and if yeah. Shifley and Wheeler are on separate lines. Yeah. Whether he's a center or a winger yeah i have a feeling the first day camp they're not going to be on the same line does that mean maurice isn't going to fall back back into it by the time the season rolls around he probably will just like keeping line eight healers to get other 
with, no matter what, no matter what, or well, Niku down or Dano with the AHL players. I mean, yeah. uh, to your point, like, and we've talked about this a bunch of times. I don't know how much we've done it for the podcast, but um, usually right at the start of the training camp, I think Maurice pretty much shows his hands right away. Right. And everyone says, is this going to change? Is going to change? And it doesn't, it doesn't change. Yeah. That's, that's not even that much of a criticism. That's just a reality. That's what it's always been. I've, I've been very critical of Maurice in a bunch of different ways, but I mean, if you want to know what he's thinking, he pretty much shows you what he's thinking right away. First so, day camp. Yeah. You go and we'll see the line rushes and we'll know what's going to happen after the first game. Yeah. Like I said, maybe by Christmas or Thanksgiving, yeah. it might change back to the old shit. Yeah. But we know, we'll know the first day. The, the only thing that might be the question mark is maybe those players that are, are truly bubble players um, would be Veselainen. I guess you might see him take a couple of exhibition games, but then he's likely starting with the Moose. Yeah, um, he'll play a first, like he'll play an exhibition game with Shifley. Yeah. And then he'll play an exhibition game with Wheeler. And then he'll play an exhibition game with Lowry. And because he's the wild card this year, right? Yeah. So he's going to play all of those And they'll get sent down. And we're going to get okay. our hopes up because he'll score a goal with good players. And he'll look like shit with shitty players. And everyone goes, oh, he's not very good. And, and he's not ready. Like, yeah. He's not ready. He's not ready. No, no, not that again. <laughs> and then he'll play three games for the Moose and then score 28 goals. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on from, from, from the, that, uh, that uh, talk. But here. at the end of the day, Wheeler on second line C wouldn't be all that bad. I think that's what we established as long as he's away from Shifley. And like Chris said, it's kind of, it's basically grouped of three guys now, the forwards and the NHL, you know, you just got to be able to play every position pretty much. You should know where you're going if you're a professional I mean, we, player. I, and Yeah, we might get roasted for that. I, I mean, we always, when we're, I think, a little concerned about what we're saying, we always wonder what Tony's going to say if he listens. And he, he listens. might, you know, and he, he, he might tell us, you know, we're fucking, we're, we're nuts. We're nuts yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but I think my point more isn't that it's not hard or whatever. It's just that you should be able to adjust. A, a guy like Blake Wheeler should be able to jump to center That's and better, do yeah. that. And make it at least good enough on the defensive side yeah. to make it worth it on the forward side. Now, kind of to the, just the last thing I'll say, say about this is when he did play center, uh, I think in a lot of people's eyes, he looked pretty good, but it was a drop from mm-hmm. what he usually yeah. does. Yeah, so putting true. him there historically was a bit of a drop. Is that drop off still better than bumping what they up? Have, it's better than what they have. Um, Lowry or, or Cop? Some people say yes, some will say no. Again, when we did the poll, it was literally 50 50 uh, last time I checked. And if he drops his play but it elevates the second line center position and the two wingers on that it doesn't matter if his play drops and, and makes three scoring lines right it did because we had two checking lines last that's year. math and that's not my strong point but it should make more it's yeah it's, it's yeah. kind of like that old you know you do you put all your top players it's that yeah. two scoring line versus three scoring line kind of thing and that's yeah. And now this conversation started because of yeah, Mike of Kelly. Mike Kelly at the NHL Network. Uh, they uh, this his lineup uh, preference for to get Liney going included that. So you can check out the NHL Network, and they had a little video about Liney. That's the, and that started the Blake Wheeler talk. So uh, a couple things. Fan forum. The tickets are going on sale availability or availability. Or whatever uh, comes tomorrow. So we'll be going to that. I we'll should probably be, there. be going to yep, that. Yep. It'll be fun to see the New Jersey. We expect there. to see the New Jersey. Expect to see the New Jersey there. That was and, what it was last year. Yeah, and we'll also expect um, for us to find out who the the replacement level player of the year is going right. to be because Shevel Day Off will. We'll talk about. We'll him. talk about him every time he talks. JC Lapon. It'll be JC Lapon. We're excited. JC Lapon. We got young guys coming up like Lapon, like Stanley, and Niku. That's what we'll hear over and over every time, and yeah. Yeah. 
Anyhow, so that'll be fun. I just thought I'd make note of that. Uh, it's coming up September 9th, I believe, is the, the date. So book it and try and get some tickets if you can be there. It was pretty it was fun 13th, last year. 13th. 13th, yeah, 9th, whatever. 13th. So it'll be the Friday night is yes. the fan forum and the sale usually. And then it's the Saturday morning is the carnival and the first ice times. Yeah, the, usually, the start of training has to kick off. Yeah. 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 So. Okay, uh, so... A couple of things here. Uh, Pete Jensen, Jensen, I can't remember. Um, I, I got messy writing here. Uh, posted a poll saying who's going to finish. I think it was top of the central. And yeah. the teams he included in this four poll, Twitter limits you, Colorado, Dallas, Nashville, St. Louis. Winnipeg was not included that. He followed that up with a poll saying which one of these teams will make the playoffs. Chicago, Minnesota, Winnipeg, other. I'm not sure who the other team is that's joining the central this year. Seattle. Seattle, the, the Seattle, it's Arizona, Central's. aren't they coming yeah, over? Arizona for the State, right? For, for the, anyhow, they have uh, a team. So, so what do you, <laughs> what do you guys think of that? Is that is that a slight on Winnipeg? I mean, we finished oh, wait, second. That guy listens to our podcast. I shouldn't make fun of him. Just make fun of whoever you want. It's just just hate him, not the podcast. He doesn't represent us. We he repre- listens to us. So I shouldn't make okay. fun of him. I didn't actually hear what you said. Anyhow, do you guys think that's a slight on Winnipeg? I mean, we finished second. We were talking about this yesterday, just kind of messaging about how the Jets missed out on a banner. That is a very understated fact. That, that that's a huge deal. And I mean, a those they had locked up too. Locked up. You, the St. Louis went eight one and one in the last ten, tied us on points. Jets went four five and one. All they needed was one point because we would have had less uh, shootout okay. wins and regular wins than um, uh, what's their face Nashville. Nashville. So one point was the difference between having a legitimate banner, not one that we made fun of uh, Nashville for two years ago. I mean, one that will be in the rafters forever and ever, and a real accomplishment to win your division. There's only four division winners a year, and that's uh, four, six, four, ten, four. four. How many divisions are there now? Yeah, yeah, four. Yeah, yeah four. Well, and we never. I'm not an NHL fan. In, this is a huge Andrew in, Luck fan. In uh, all the years we've had <laughs> hockey teams, we've never had a banner. That would be the never first had banner. Well, never, it's 75 NHL, or 76. NHL, yeah, we've never had an NHL WHA. banner. And that's it. I'd like you to post that. Um, oh, we just posted kind of, already. Are you are still alive? Yeah, we're still good. Yeah. Okay, right. it's just yeah. me. Just um, I'd like you to post a poll to see if people find if think there's a significance in a banner. All right. Just to see if people understand. Consider it done. Yeah, just to see if people understand that there is a significance to that. Like I, To me, it's a huge thing. It's a, definitely an American thing. Uh, you know, to to really feel that and and to watch the the raising and all that kind of stuff more so than a Canadian thing. Kind of growing up, even though you know you look at the Montreal Canadiens and and the, oh. and Edmonton is crazy, right? Oh, their whole yeah. you know yeah. Northlands Coliseum and all that. But I think it. I wonder if people find the significance in it. And yeah, how many people are disappointed given the fact that that was a chance to get one? And they had they had that they beat Nashville that one game like five one the night they clinched yeah they go up four points I think it was on Nashville it was a Saturday I was I just remember I was at the game that's when they clinched the playoffs last year and there was like two weeks left and I was like oh this is the game you know if they could win this game the banner there's no reason why they shouldn't have the banner and then they just they blew Shit it the bed. they yeah. they basically just gift wrapped that sent that down to Nashville yeah I think Nashville was seven three and one anyhow the the original point was this poll. Leaving Winnipeg or yeah, mm-hmm. Winnipeg out of the top four, basically in the central. Um, should say again, uh, if you have any questions, uh, just fill the uh, like it. 
if you have any questions, right. just post them. These guys are reading it. So we'll see if we get to them or comments or anything, especially if it's funny, then we'll definitely make note of it. But yeah, so the Jets were slighted in this poll. I mean, it's one person doing a poll and I think he listens to us, but uh, he didn't having the question that should the, will the Jets even make the playoffs? Seems like well, a pretty big drop the from division. the team. It was win the division. Win the division, but I know the next poll was yeah, make, the, make playoffs. the playoffs. I think that means and so those it, are the four favorite. Yeah. 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 But we're going from a team that was almost should have a banner to a team that you know, are we going to make the wild, playoffs, wild right? And yeah. so is that a slight on, on the Jets and who we actually are? Or does that seem like pretty appropriate and we shouldn't really be that offended by it? Because, I mean, St. Louis, uh, they're Stanley Cup champs. They should still be good. Nashville, they did win a banner, so they should be good. And they're always good. Um the Colorado is Colorado's is potentially the best team in yeah. the NHL, yeah. right? Yeah, and they and they actually are w- winning the poll. And then who's the other team I'm missing here? Dallas. Dallas and Dallas always, has been legit. Always Dallas seems legit. To... Yeah, they're too legit to quit. Their yeah. college coach John Montgomery could have had him. <laughs> Sorry, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Dinosaurs win championships, bro. Sorry. That's, uh, that's haven't you ever heard that saying? No, um, that's what. Yeah. I, no, I don't think it's I unreal. Heard that old adage in June, actually. Yeah. Well, <laughs> The thing is, and I think we've talked about it a couple times already, that the the defense core, as it is, is a problem. And I don't think it's crazy to think that we're going to fight for a playoff spot. Right. It'll be a fight, yeah. And if yeah. you're an injury away, I, and nobody wants to see it, and I know a lot of people think we're negative and this and that, nobody wants to see a Shifley or a Wheeler injury or, or a Wine or Nealer's injury. Or Bufflin miss half the year. Right, yeah. which, he, which he does. You know, he misses 8 and 10 here, 8 and 10 yeah. there. Um, nobody wants to see that shit, but we're especially a defensive injury away from the season potentially being a disaster. You've already lost Truba. I know a lot of fans f- somehow are indifferent about that, which just blows my mind that you can be indifferent about losing him. Um, and, and you got nothing else, you know? Yeah. You got Morrissey and Bufflin. Yeah, Morrissey injury legit. would sink us, right? A Morrissey like, or Bufflin injury, a long-term injury would sink us, or a Shifley, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you need, they're going to need every goal they can get this year. They're going to need to keep every puck out of the net to, to make the playoffs. They're not a they're not a first place team. Yeah. Every team gets better in the off season. That's your goal, is to always be getting better. We didn't do anything to make our team better. Arguably, yes, losing a couple of the players we lost sort of makes you better by subtraction, but that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Teams that are legit reload and they get more power and they get more guys and they, you know, Toronto's gonna be running Jason Spets as their fourth line center probably, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's and Dallas added Corey Perry, the little veteran right. center yeah. or whatever. Right again, Corey Perry, whatever, but Corey Perry could also score 27 goals this year on the third line or some. If he's getting those weak minutes, that's right? You know what I mean? So those sure, are teams yeah. that are close reload and. W- We've yet to do that, and that's scary to me because not only have you re- not reloaded, you've lost two of your top six defensemen, despite what we think about Myers. Yeah, well, if he's our number three right-handed D, he, that's good. Yeah. Like they were when they made well, it to the Western Conference Final. Right. Matt Myers and, and well, Kulikov or whoever it was. Just playing the third third pairing minutes, yeah. which was 12 minutes of... And that's fine. The, fourth, the other team's third and fourth. Right, lines, and that, I'm okay with that. that. And that's what I always remember us or me or thinking or saying is if they're playing limited controlled minutes, that's that's where you want them. You don't want Myers up there playing 22 minutes a night. Yeah, when you're forcing him in, forget it. Yeah, that's above his role. Guys, We, you know, you hear about roles and stuff. Myers' role should be not making a boatload of money like he is in Vancouver. 
Unless he's going to play in their top four. But and he, will, he probably will be in their top four yeah. in Vancouver. But that's, I don't that's know so he's getting now. paid. Yeah, and he's getting he's paid, paid correctly for, for where he's going to play. Yeah. But, but they're going to be in for a big disappointment. Yeah, but he shouldn't be. That's kind of where I was going. Yeah, like, exactly. Guys should be playing in certain roles and coaches overvalue certain things that shouldn't be yeah. valued. So in that, saying all that, so the Jets, there is a drop-off. I think there's been pretty widespread consensus about that too, that the Jets... Shouldn't be as good as last year just because of that. But then that brings us to, never mind the line A Connor thing we talked about. Is there more moves? Do you guys get a sense that we're going to try and address that D thing? Or are we just going to go with what we got? And we talked about last time, it's maybe not so bad if it's Niku Pullman Bullyu. Yeah. <laughs> with obviously right. Morrissey and Buff. I'm curious yeah. what comments you're reading. <laughs> and, uh, you know what Versus Kulikov, uh, Pionk, and uh, Potato or something like that, right? Potato. Yeah. Jeez, that was their big free agent signing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That says yeah. enough right there. Yeah, that it, was. It was so. I mean, you guys get a sense that there there might be something else. I mean, the Jets aren't. They they got to know this is their window, right? There's got to be something, or you just kind of play with the season. What do you think? I, I think we talked about this last year too. Like just kind of see what you have, and then at the trade deadline, try and address those things at that point. Because I mean, the Jets should kind of be around at least the bubble, right? So I've had the trade deadline. If you can send a, whatever a first rounder and a prospect for D help instead of a center help this time, and then get you know somebody legitimate, uh, and maybe send Roslovic or something. Right. Who knows what you get in 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 return if he's not being I think, used? Then uh, you th- do you think that's probably even not just what they'll do, but is that the better option? Just play with what you have. You know they'll be close six to nine and then deal with it I, at the trade deadline well you see that more common now right how often does the number one overall team win the cup like the team goes from wire to wire like Tampa Bay this year right like you, yeah. like you thought there there's nobody going to touch them yeah right like they were untouchable and then you take a St. Louis that struggling but you knew they had a good team you had Dallas the same where they look like they could maybe go on a run because they had kind of all the parts right and we kind of thought maybe yeah. then you had a Toronto and a Winnipeg where they had good really good regular seasons and and just had nothing left by the time the playoffs came so i don't think that muddling around the the bubble is a problem and then yeah you go we need this and this my problem with that would be other than um 14 15 we haven't seen that like right. where they went we need Stepniak we need Lucy, we yeah. need guys to do this, and we need you know the the cane trade or whatever, right? But yeah. we need this. You haven't seen that kind of cherry picking from Chevy, yeah. really, right? Like the guys they brought in at the end of last year were there, there's no re- you, well the one the bad, they, they brought in to sit in a press box. They weren't brought in yeah, because well, we had a pressing. The only need. one was Bo Bo Yu, I think was that was actually a pretty good value for what what he provided, right. other than. They, like from the minor trades he made, that was probably. I but think, that's the not what. But, but yeah. if you're trying to win a Stanley Cup, you're not bringing in Nathan Bull. No, 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 to, for sure. It right was just to depth. fill a hole. Was, yeah, you bringing in all of like Toronto Lars. did. Well, no, Toronto brought in Jake Muzzin. Oh, yeah. yeah, that that's the trade that Jets would have needed to probably make. That's yeah. how you go. Now we're ready. Now, now we're, players, we're yeah. This is what we you know we need a fourth defenseman, and then we can have Myers and. Boy, you because we could yeah, still get we can still get him for a fifth right. round pick like they did exactly. Like, well, so he made this. He's good at those. I think those smaller trades, like you mentioned, Lucy and Septiak, like they're not they're not superstars, right? Like, and then you look at okay, so they brought in Paul Stastny. Yeah. That that was that was a really good trade, I think, for the Jets at the end of the day, and that that again that was their one run that they've made so far, and they just ran into a hot goalie, which is still getting some PTSD from that a couple of years later, but. And we've talked about that. That's and really what it comes down to, right? Is yeah. making the, the right moves and knowing what you need at the right time. Like that Hayes trade, I think, as much as I 
like them at least trying to make a move and that kind of thing, it wasn't necessarily the right, because they were clearly struggling for the second half of the year. And that was kind of, let's just bring in this guy who's having the season, probably I think it was his best season to date for Kevin Hayes that he had last year. And he's probably with Philly, who knows what he's going to do with Philly. But I think that was a panic. That was a, yeah, he got paid. That's about it. It was kind of a panic move where they really probably need a defenseman, but they got a center. Yeah. They needed a top defenseman, not not necessarily Nathan Beaulieu, right? And that's... It was kind of a forced, forced thing that... They should... I mean, I think we talked about is, it. They should have known that they didn't have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Last they should, year, yeah, because they were down, you know, the first bit. They had a huge lead on the division, I think, you know, a couple points. They, but and they then were shit started, from Christmas. Yeah, exactly. And how did any, everybody except for the people making the trades last year not see that? And I'm not even blaming Shovel Day off. I know it is him that has the final say. Mm-hmm. But how as but an organization... Right, but how does... Or, mm-hmm. I, I agree. He is trying to do something, right? I get that side of it. But at the end of the day, you could go, we're, we like our team. Yeah. Just just run them to the end. Right? Yeah. We like our team. We're going to the playoffs with our team. We like these guys. And unfortunately, have, that's a good argument, too. Yeah, because... people do they like their team. Yeah, exactly. Like them too, then. You, can go on, you can go on the news and say that. Yeah. And say, this is who we're rolling with. Yeah. We like our guys. Don't want to disrupt anything. We don't want to disrupt anything. And to be fair, they played better in the playoffs than they did the last half of the they season. They sure did. Right? So, I mean, maybe that it wasn't a bad thing. I mean, saying that they didn't have a chance to win the playoffs. I mean, some people get a little butthurt about the idea that we lost to St. Louis. That doesn't really affect me at all. But, I mean, we were there with them. Yeah, we then you go and you, you know, like you one series at a time, seven games. That's all you got to do is have a nice hot yeah. run for those seven four times in a row. Just every four, yeah. You, you have time seven. to prepare for each one and hopefully you match up well against them. Yeah. That's it. But I think just talk about the defense help that they need. And it looks like they're probably just going to go with what they have. I think what we'll probably see is uh, the shortened press box because they'll probably try and save cap space all year. So once they get to the trade, trade deadline, that they'll have uh, have a bit of extra cap space for a player that probably costs a little more. And if they're not thinking of that, they probably should think of that because that's... Uh, at Chevy. Be at Chevy.com. Um, <laughs> and get your trucks. Yeah. Silverado's truck of the year. Chevy no, Cruise. Dodge Ram. I know, it's Dodge Ram. Power. Chevy Cruise, great car. Okay, let's move on to something else. Uh, Chris, do you want to talk about beer? Do I want to talk about beer? Do you have any questions? People, uh, the um, I don't know what to talk about. Well, you um, just said beer. Should they drop the price of beer? Yeah. So that the atmosphere gets a bit more. Lit yeah. Up. So I don't think talking... so because I like to go to games with a hoodie and earbuds in and ignore everybody and just watch. That's how I like Again. to watch. So I don't really care if everybody's turned. But uh, the I think I guess what, the what we were talking about was that I know. that makes the atmosphere better. There's no you can't question that. It, does that mean we're better fans because we're louder? Not necessarily. Right. Does it mean you and I are going to enjoy the game better if it's louder? Right. Maybe or maybe not. Yeah. I, You know me. We've gone to lots of games together. I don't cheer really at games. Yeah. I just kind of watch. Fake fan. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of absorb. I cheer on goals for sure. I have something I'm going to say. I'm not going to say it. Don't though, say but it. I'm not saying it. No. Pick them off. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course you got to say it. But you know what I mean? Like, again... My my older brother has the argument that just because the arena isn't loud doesn't mean there aren't hockey fans there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Maybe there's That's more fair. hockey fans there. It's super loud at Moose games. Yeah. Nobody's watching the fucking it's, game. No, it's all kids, <laughs> it's all kids, kids, kids being screaming, assholes, right? Yeah, yeah. So throwing popcorn. So one doesn't equal the other. But the conversation was, do we need more atmosphere? And yes, there's no I'm, question to me a way to get more atmosphere is for people to be drunker. That's not even a question to me. But 
does that make it more enjoyable? Not necessarily. Probably at the if they're drinking too much, it's not that enjoyable. Right, and I'm not. There's you know, a fine. There's a fine line yeah. that you're you're drawing yeah. there and toying with, which is yeah. So maybe the bright beer price will just stay as is, but I'm sure a lot of people. Oh, they'll like go to up again this year too. More yeah, eleven fifty. This people year. would like to see more local beer, local like beer. Molson Dry. Sponsored the best the beer Jets. of all time, Molson Dry. Everybody knows that Molson Dry is Winnipeg's. I had a Molson beer. Dry. Uh, Eight months ago, and that's why I quit because it was so disgusting. That's that's why he's been sober. <laughs> We're not gonna. We just lost that sponsorship. Now there's the Molson Dry is no longer a sponsorship. I'm just, just gonna gotta, put a Just got a notice. Um, they were they were in, and now they're out. They're out. Um, okay, um, Daniel, you looked up before the back to backs. Andy, former editor of Arctic Ice, he I don't know how much he was serious about this, but talking about the schedule. But I don't know if there's too many notes about it. I mean, every team has a schedule that's sometimes preferable, sometimes not. Um, lots of travel for some teams, not as much for others. I mean, they don't have to go to Finland and lose a week on either side this year. So feels like schedule excuses are kind of dead now. Yeah, oh, of uh, there should no be no reason. We're not it's in just the a regular division. We're not in the southeast division. The southeast division. Uh, there's just an All Star game. I don't know, what, and that's just probably eight regular back-to-backs, travel, right? Eight and back-to-backs. Daniel said eight back to back games. So there's 16 of the 82 games are going to be back-to-backs, including the first two games, which are New York Rangers and Devils. the New Jersey Devils, Devils of New so Jersey. So no travel involved in that. No travel. The but back-to-back, do uh, you guys ever get concerned about that? My only concern, I'll just pipe in before I shut up and let you guys go, but uh, my only concern with the back-to-backs is when you play the same goal of back-to-backs. Historically, it's a terrible idea. Everybody knows it. Don't do it. We did it in Finland last year, right? And there was no need That was it. our division banner right there. That was our division banner. Playing back-to-back goalies in Finland with a week off before and a, a week off after one point. That's all we needed. We just needed to lose an overtime to Florida in the land of Finlandia. Which is, Go. well, why are you... Why are you? <laughs> why are you walking around with this big boner for your backup goalie and then you're not playing them? Yeah. yeah. This is three, two out of the last three years or three out of the last four years where we've had good backup goaltending. Yeah. Right with back to Hutchinson the 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 playoff year. Yeah. Yep. Right, Hellebuck the year with Pavlik and everything, but Hellebuck was good. And and right, why do we have these good play these backup goalies that are apparently really good if you're not going to play them when they should be playing? Right. Starting goalies yeah. should never play back to back. We've talked about and mentioned it. I I have, but it doesn't get a lot of play mainstream. The reason why goalies don't play back to back isn't physical. Right, it's mental. Goalie is a, is a mental game more than it is physical. Yes, there is some physical limitation why you can't play back-to-back, but it's a mental fatigue. So when you play like a Hellebuck would, where he would play mm-hmm. six out of seven, and then maybe two days off, and then a back-to-back, right. that's ridiculously hard mentally, as, as much as it is physically. I mean, they're top, top athletes, so that's yeah. not... But yeah, yeah. Play the guy... The numbers just speak for themselves. Like I you know the goals against average on a second of a back to back goes up to like five or something. It's ridiculous. It's, like it's it's, it's asinine. Whatever it is, like it's huge. Amount. Yeah. Just don't like you said. Just don't do it. Like it's just it's there's 2019 and you're still making these classic. Well, it hasn't started yet. We're saying it's not allowed. Don't don't, don't make back to back excuses. Yeah. I want I want Hellebuck and Brassois game one and two. That's it. Mm. There we go. Or, it, it or won't. it's not even Brussels. It, who's our back? Yeah, it is. But it's, it's, it won't be. Here, yeah. But it won't It'll be. It'll be Hellebuck twice. It'll be Hellebuck twice. Because it's, it's, it's only a subway ride. But have you ever yeah, taken it's that just, ride? It's a train ride. It's not a subway. It's a train ride. Have you ever been on that ride? Before, it's, a, it's, no, it's not a it's, great ride. It's a ride. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of brought up the goalie thing. Was there any other concerns about schedule or back-to-back? Is that a legit concern? Or can we just put that... 
to bed and the schedule just is the schedule. Well, I think we determined the Jets are playing three games in four nights to start the year, so Wheeler will be worn out by October 8th. 29 minutes every yeah. night. That's it. <laughs> Get him make sure he's playing shorthanded too. All right. Um, Brianna wants to know uh, about the lack of hotties on the Jets. We've talked about this many times on the podcast and on Twitter. Uh, why aren't the Jets a better looking team? And does Pionk add any good looks to the team? Neil Pionk does not because he looks very similar to Nick Patan, who is very all good three looking. of us like, but he is not a very, very good looking guy. With the flow. He's not a very good looking guy. We love him. But yeah. The Lux thing, the Jets, we should go through because no, we, no, no, NHL teams and see where we do rank because we've officially stated for sure that we're one of the worst looking professional teams. Yeah, like we're in the bottom third for sure of good looking. But we should go through so, and, and so episode, schedule that. Maybe episode like worst take. What, Jordan? What's the worst take? Well, holy shit, worst take. What's the Who's, worst take? What's the worst take, Jordan? For those of you listening to the podcast, not seeing the video, Jordan just said that was the worst take. I think he thinks we're better looking than we are. I think he means us. Yeah. We were saying the team was ugly. He thinks we're saying we're ugly. No. The no, Jets he's are... a beauty. You're right, Jordan, but he's not beautiful. Let's oh. be honest. <laughs> Nick. With Nick? Yes. We'll never speak of him again. Um, the only person I know that has droopier eyes than me is Nick Patan. Is... <laughs> Okay, we'll get back to some more uh, real Jets stuff. Uh, Pronman wrote an article about the prospects. Last year, the Jets were 28th in the league. Uh, this year, he has his uh, 27th. Any concern about the prospect pool? Or some of the teams that are behind us, I think, were Washington, Calgary, uh, some other good team. I can't re- remember who it was. But good teams have not many prospects because they pull them, up, pull them all up and use them. So is it okay for these guys just reading the Twitter? I think... I, I think... Um, didn't I see a qualifier that a lot of the elite teams are ranked lower? I, I don't know. I think I saw somebody qualify that, like the elite teams, oh, because yeah. their prospects oh, are playing. Yeah. Oh, they're full time players now. They're, they're playing, right? And we would anymore. we would obviously fit into that where guys that are prospect age are playing Connor Ehlers. Well, maybe not Ehlers anymore, but you know what I mean. Well, Line A looking at him, he's like, what is right. that, 20, 21? Yeah, exactly. Like, he's still he's, junior age, yeah. probably. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> so are we no longer a draft and develop team? We can kind of put that to bed for a little bit. The draft is just the draft, and now we're just a, except, an exceptional team. Except I heard be? recently, and I don't know, I didn't document it, uh, but I heard recently that our defense prospects now are all of a sudden like gold like all of a sudden we've got d-men coming in the next two or three years that yeah. kind of come out of nowhere which is nice because that's, that's been the problem with with our i mean since so when since they came back when all these d prospects are ready our forwards are going to be washed up i think that's where we're <laughs> well i don't think so though right it, it shouldn't be yeah because that, yeah. Our, our our old prospects are our forward prospects are still all young mm-hmm. yeah they're still they're still young enough for sure for when the young d-men are coming up I guess what they have, like, I'm thinking Dylan Sandberg is a guy that I know that some Jets fans who follow prospects really closely are high on. And Mike McIntyre I... had him ranked first of all the guys at Dev Camp. Okay, ahead yeah. of Veselainen. Oh. And then also um, the yeah. guy they drafted this year, right? The first round pick. I know that. Uh, I know that. Yeah, looks, he, looks pretty, yeah. he looks pretty good, too, from what I heard. So, I mean, maybe they do have some hits, especially those later round uh, draft picks that they've yeah. been hitting. Like, Sandberg was definitely a late round draft pick. And I'm trying to think. I can't, of course, right now. I can't think of the other guys off the top, like Chis- Chisholm, I believe. Somebody's asking about Luke Green. Is uh, Luke, Luke Green, Green is one of the D prospects. Yep. Um, I would, I would say so. I mean, Luke Green I, is a D prospect and a guy as well. Daniel and I, he's still. Hey, he's still I don't tell him how he identifies. Yeah, yeah. that's true. True. Yeah. He's a person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I had Moose tickets in the second year, and that's when he came along, and instantly he was the best player. Uh, best defenseman, yes. When Luke Green came along, he played the last 16, 20 games. He was instantly really good, and I think he's been good at everything he's done when he's been healthy. The big concern for him, I mean, he's still quite young, um, but the biggest concern is just health. I mean, he had concussions to start the beginning of the year. Him and Tucker Pullman, I think, same game or something like that, or, or right away. But each other, so. Pullman came back a lot sooner, uh, I believe, and, and continued to come back. Luke Green, I mean, if, if he can't stay healthy for a whole season, it's really hard to rank him high. But he is one of the deep prospects, and he's, he's quite a good player. Very, very smart um, for me, for watching them. This is just my take on it. I'm sure Tony will rip me a new one for this. But I think he's a smarter defense which smaller guys usually have to be because they can't just exert their will with their, their size, like Dylan Sandberg can, who's a very large man, um, held the door for him. Um, but Luke Green, he's a very smart young player. I say that he's a uh, 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 higher hockey IQ, uh, per se, than uh, than Dylan Sandberg. But uh, Sandberg's development's really good. But yeah, good question so about you, Luke Green. Okay, so. well, there you go. So let's... Let's take that to further, uh, like a half a step further. You add Niku and Pullman to that. Yeah, there's five guys that conceivably. And is there a one or a two there? Well, with Morrissey, there's a one. Yeah, right. Bob's um, got two years, and then he's likely ooh, maybe around and. Right, but so you, I mean, there, you have the makings of a a good decor is, of a core right there, right? If yeah. if you play your cards as right, as long as they're you know they say obviously staying healthy is key, especially yeah. like Luke Green. If he has another injury riddled season, that really hurts his development yeah and yeah. that's i mean that's all just luck and whoever yeah. that plays out and poolman as well like i mean we haven't really seen him fully healthy really like he's always yeah. been battling you know he had the shoulder and then last year he had a concussion i think yeah so you know when you miss you're missing significant amount of time like months at a time and you're coming back you're not up to speed with all the other guys that have been playing yeah. all season that are up and i mean not everyone's 100 percent ever but when you're trying to get back into shape and playing the games it's it's a lot harder when you're, you know, especially concussion, you can't work out at all. Yeah, and that's right? a core right for defensemen is those three years, that 18 to 21, 19 to 22 sort of age, right? Like, Pullman's old already. Like, people 26. keep telling him a, a prospect. He's 26. He's the same age as Jacob Truba. That's, right, and yeah. that's... And Lowry and Shafley and uh, a bunch of them, too. Yeah, I used Hellebuck. To... <laughs> no, maybe not Hellebuck. I think he's a bit younger, but... Young. Yeah, Hellebuck's 25. He's yep. in that... that yeah. He's the same age as those which guys. Is funny he's when, not a young guy. Which is funny young. when they used to now. talk about how Kane was... Hey, Ryan. How Kane had been around for so long, and then I did the math, and Evander Kane's only, like, 18 months older than Mark Shifley. Right. Like, or whatever, right? Like, it's like, it's so minimal. But yeah. when you're three years in and half a year in and all that, all it seems like such a spread. But, I mean, yeah. you're really close to the same age, right? Yeah. But I, I like, just talking about some of the guys that we mentioned, Niku Pullman, um, Sandberg, mm-hmm. Green, those guys... I think maybe the Jets might have to look at like a different way, like uh, the the way the league is kind of moving to more like three scoring lines, right? And sort of scoring by committee instead of just having to have like all your top players on the top line. Maybe the future of the Jets decor is going to be a defend by committee, right? And so those those deep pairs all get split up a little bit more. Spread out the minutes. Um, so I need to read these. Okay, yeah, thanks. Who said that? Mike. Mike. Oh, damn you, Mike. <laughs> I squint all the time anyhow. Hey, Mike's a squinter. That's enough out of you, Mike. Um, but yeah, the, if if all these guys can be quality, I don't know if any of them, the, the prospects we're talking about, are going to be like great shutdown guys or like the most offensively minded. But I mean, if they could all be pretty sound all the way around, like a, a like what we see from a Bullyu, maybe that's 
the future of the Jets or defense Morrissey, is not... right? Well, like, yeah, Morrissey's I'm not, I'm not a taking stud. him out of it, yeah. Right, but Morrissey's a stud, we can admit that, but he's really just an average... He's a really good average defenseman. He's really good at everything. Yeah, yeah, he's all around. Right, all he's around. an all-round yeah. is the word I'm looking yeah. for. But he's, he's not... 88 across the board. Oh, everything, yeah. right? He's not exceptional, exceptional at anything, and he's not shitty at anything, and that's made him... Good, our great. guy that's made, that's made him exceptional yeah right because he doesn't have some he doesn't area have, where right. he gets you know walked or something like that very easily oh, or every time no offensive defense that's right uh, you yeah. know offense to his game exactly. right so okay so that's it for the d or was there okay, we were talking about the farm system not just oh, the yeah. but the prospect so you're saying david gustafson is good he's very for good. tony that's for tony it's a big fan number one number one prospect yeah gustafson um yeah, for those of you who watched the Summer Showcase, uh, he did some showcasing. And the first game I watched of him, it was kind of funny because I'm like, hey, going to watch Gustafson. And uh, I think he, it, they were on a power play and he kept feeding him the puck and he shut it or missed it like five times in a row. So um, we kind of, uh, Super Jets fan, we kind of talked about um, Connor and Line earlier. Oh, yeah. But we talked about it as in the fact that we don't think it's a concern that both of them are going to be here to start the year. I would suggest, just off the top of my head, real quick, if Liney's not in camp, I would bet Veselainen just, for sure. just yeah. plays as if Liney's there. Liney, yeah. They're just they just do that. And Connor's gonna be Connor's gonna be signed. Connor's His value's been, never been higher. It probably will never go higher. We know exactly what he is. He's there, from and, now into perpetuity, and it's just and, going to be either bridge or long term, depending on what they have to do with Liney. Yeah. In my opinion, Liney's first. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. One of them's first, first. Right. One of them's first, and then. Connor gets a bridge or a long term, depending on what line he gets, or yeah. kind of playing vice versa. around with about was it about seventeen mil? Right. So one of them kind of has to. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're both not getting eight years, nine mil. There's not. There's not no money. That money. doesn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Connor seven by seven, line a two year bridge six and a half. And then there we go. You heard it here first. Then load it up. And then you got some some money for the D. And then load up line a in a year and a half. Trade Roslevic. You got the money. See if we get. Right, awesome. somebody else. Well, I say trade so Roslevic. I love Roslevic. I love Roslevic more than either of them combined. Uh, both of them combined. That? I just, I do. I just love him. It's like he's been to more moose games than I have. No, well, he's they, such a good skater. Daddy. Have I ever told you guys what? A no, good, I don't. Ages, I always say his the best edges. That sounds different when he skates. It's unbelievable. He's like Roslevic, one of the smoothest skaters you'll ever I see. I know. Very yeah. nice passer. Everything just doesn't get opportunity. And when we talk about like the top nine, all the guys that are there, right? There's. And, and Veselina being probably the next guy, he's going to jump Roslevic unless Roslevic can be a 2C, which it doesn't look like he can be, although he may get a chance there. If he's not a 2C, Veselina jumps him. That's just Here's not the first, this year, but next year. So this is so why people... right expendable, not that we don't like him, but he's expendable. This is, where the, this is where the frustration comes in with our listeners and people that follow us on Twitter because Roslevic's a perfect example of the thing we complain about. Here's a guy that has every capability, was drafted, in my opinion, to replace Brian Little. And maybe at some point they decided he wasn't good enough to. I don't think they had enough research to make that decision. Enough time, yeah. Right? But now you're at a point where he needs to be given every opportunity. We talk all the time on this podcast about line mates, how important they are to your success and the team, right? That's what matters. And a guy like Rosovic, and we not trying to beat a dead horse, it's the same as the Batana, same as the Dano. If he's playing with certain guys he's not going to produce it's, and he's not yeah. going to develop Roslovic is going to produce if he plays with Blake Wheeler I'll tell you that right now oh for sure right yeah. well did yeah. he have a hat trick once he was put on the first power play or something right or like, whatever right? it is or, right or did he get put on that after I can't remember but he had a hat trick last year right you know what I mean if he when if he, he was playing up, in yeah. the Connor spot 
If, right, if he's yeah, playing in yeah. the Connor spot, he might not score 31 goals, but he might score 24. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what and are then we if doing? If you could take Connor and put him somewhere else, that makes it next. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, let's even it out. And give these guys the tools to work with. Why do you have all this talent if you're not going to use it to its full capability? Right. It's like that ice cream gif video we all saw this week with the guy oh, taking the ice cream from the guy. It's like we're all coming up with these awesome line combinations for the team. And then Maurice comes out and, he, and he's, like, <laughs> he's no. pulling the cone away and the fucking ice cream away. And it's like, bro, just freaking load them up and let's go kick some ass let's go score six goals a night we have the talent why did we draft all these guys and let's freaking go so again it frustrates me when we get this negative negative and it's like it's not negative it's just i want them to freaking go kick some ass and yeah, give but a every game seven to four right? or seven to two no yeah. well i mean if, yeah, if you can gonna throw all it in there you know what i mean but i mean just Use the talent better. Why do you have all this talent? And st- quit trying to put a Roslovic on a fourth line. Quit trying to make Patan your fourth line center. Quit trying to do these things yeah. that are just not in the guy's wheelhouse. Yeah. Let let it work for you, you know? And That's the role play, like we said earlier with Myers. You know, right. It's the same thing on the forward side. Like, they're good at their own things, right? And you just got to figure out how, how all that works together, how that translates to who they're playing with. Like, if you have a skilled passer passing across to... To Thorburn, like that's yeah, right, that's and it's nothing. It kind of like we talked about in the before we were recording yeah. about the Adam Lowry thing. Yeah, Adam Lowry is your fourth line center. You're you're going to be doing damage, forcing him into three, and then what? My biggest problem is when you force him to three. When you force him to three, that means that a Roslovic or a Cop or a Patan is playing your fourth line center, yeah. and that's a recipe for disaster because those guys aren't producing with six minutes a night. Yeah, but you can run Lowry at ten or twelve on the fourth line. And you're dominating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need, you need. Well, and that that it goes does, back again to playing Wheeler and Shifley for 27 minutes. You don't have to do that if your fourth line is able to eat up a dozen minutes a night, right? Because right? then the balance is yeah. the force balance is out a little bit better. Um, we just got a question asking about the farm team. Nobody really fully touched on the moose, but this is my hot take. Daniel got seasons for the moose. Usually, he's watched more moose games than any moose player because they're so transient and come in and out. So Daniel's definitely watched the most. Uh, moose games out of out of us for sure and anyone involved with the podcast but uh, before i kind of ask you to kind of give a sense of it it doesn't really seem like if pullman and niku are up uh and veselina likely likely stays down doesn't really seem like there's anyone else that's going to be moving back and forth uh maybe because of injuries moving down with the echl so i think this might be a year with the moose that they'll probably have the most consistent lineup Really it feels so. like, yeah, yeah uh, barring injuries, but I uh, like I guess there will be some guys that could get called up. But barring injuries, it feels like there's a, the least number of guys that we're like talking about just fringe, it, fringe yeah, guys you're pushing about. that AHL ceiling or being ready like prospects to come up. So uh, I think they'll be pretty consistent. It looks like they've been a, a good team. But again, the thing that's torpedoed them before is when those guys get called up, all of a sudden they're left with Which... nothing. They're calling up from the ECHL. And then there's nothing. But what do you? What's your sense is, of the the, yeah. the moose this year as far as who's left? They got the got some good talent. Uh, can the, they build off? Yeah, a lot of the players, I like. They're really secretive about who they kind of have coming in and out, especially with the guys that are just career AHLers. So you don't really know what they have. I mean, you look at some of the 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 lower end of the Jets prospects. You know, they'll be out there, and then you got the guys that'll be career AHLers. A guy like that should be like JC Lapon, but as we said, we're not sure where he's going to fit in with the Jets next year. We guys didn't say like it on here. We, we were talking beforehand. Or, or we talked about earlier about Lapon playing in the NHL and stuff like that. So, I mean, and one 
one thing they have an advantage of uh, this year over last year is they get a preseason and a couple of games. I know that sounds kind of crazy to say, but last year they didn't have that because the Jets played, uh, they had seven preseason games and six of them were back-to-back. So the the Moose had no preseason. They basically walked in together right. in October and they had never met half the team <laughs> and that kind of tanked them at the start of the year. And then you look at the second half last year, they got great goaltending out of Bergeen and Comrie and they actually they've made a push for the playoffs, right? So this year I think maybe it'll be a little bit different. They'll have more consistency in the lineup, which makes a big um, a big difference and stuff like that. Um, I like they have you know the defense has kind of always been inter- interchangeable. Like the guys that they were running last year, they play them for two games. They pick them up from the ECHL team that they were closest to, and like wherever they were playing, like they sign a guy up from Toledo to play a game. <laughs> Like when they were in Iowa, like what, like, you know, you have a lot of that. So you all always hope there's less in and out changing right. of guys. Which is standard for an NHL team. It is. It's part but of If you life. can have your top couple you need, of... You, you kind of need a core, right? Right. Just like in the NHL, right? You have your core. Yeah. And then you kind of fill in, plug and play the different guys and stuff, right? So that's a big, a big thing there. And obviously you need the goaltending and hope that the, especially injuries obviously that's just part of the game and you kind of adjust from that but I'm thinking hoping better for the moose this year um a lot less travel from what I understand on their schedule they're playing the division team 60 out of their 76 games oh wow so that's a lot of cost and the other really yeah is that for all the teams are doing that now I think that's a lot more are all just, the teams playing 76 games now too not, those no, California, California is still playing 68 or something like that but that, that might together. change once they get that Seattle expansion. The AHL is going to Palm Springs or something. I don't know. Mm. But anyways, yeah, they're only playing the Canadian teams out of their division. Like the East, they have like the Marlies and Laval and all that. And then they're playing like a couple games against Colorado mm. in the Pacific. So that, mm. that the travel in the AHL is a, lot a monster. But I think this okay. year with the way they're, they're traveling is... Might it might help and that helps too. And we say, you know, we joke about the NHL traveling. Those guys, the NHL players, take charter planes. Right. The AHL guys, they hop on a plane to Chicago and then they bus four hours to Iowa right. and play two and three nights. So right. that that plays a big thing too. And especially getting the players in and out and stuff, right? So yeah. I didn't really say much there. I'm hoping better for the Moose this year. You know, a good play playoff run. And you know, they got Berdine a full year. Berdine will be great. He's such such a fun goalie to watch. And he's so fun the way he handles the puck, and that's just entertainment. How many itself. goals will he have this year? Two. Two goals for Berdine. Yeah. He also did that here first. <laughs> there you go. And Any, anyone who's just joining us, feel free to ask some questions, but we'll probably wrap it up shortly. Sorry, did I cut you off? No, I was not going to say too much. Okay. Nothing of substance anyway. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's laughing at that. Okay, uh, last thing I was going to ask. This isn't quite as much Jets related. It's more Jets coverage. I think it's an interesting topic. It's a treat. <laughs> acid to keep you. Yeah. Um, Okay, so there's basically four things that I thought of where people get their Jets information, absorb it. One is going to be obviously from the team. So we're talking about Jets TV. We're talking about NHLJets.com. Talking about the Jets Twitter. What else? You mentioned all the, all the ground control podcasts oh, yeah. that Jamie oh. Thomas does, former guest. Um, then you also friend have... Of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. There you go. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Jamie Thomas. Um, he's probably going to watch us. He's, he's cool like that. He's always anyhow, scouting around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mainstream media. Then we're talking local, like the Winnipeg Sun, the Free Press, uh, uh, The Athletic. 
1290, right? The, all the mainstream media guys, they're, they're, they're going to have some access and stuff to, to give you. Then there's also national media, so we're talking CBC, Sportsnet would be the main ones, NHL Network. And the national TSN guys. And the national TSN, right? And so you're going to get some information about the Jets from them. And then you have what I like to call the secondary stream media, which would be fools like us. We're not really media, but it's not mainstream. It's Jets Nation. It's Arctic Ice. Uh, maybe they don't want to be affiliated with us and say we're in the same category. Maybe we're tertiary media, but uh, whatever. We try and produce some some content. And, Someone uh, mentioned a legal curve here. That a legal curve too. The, the that local. I think yeah, legal yeah. curve would be mainstream media. They have uh, access. Yeah, they have access. They're they're up in the the box for the all the Moose games, which I think probably for Moose coverage. Uh, Dave, Dave, Dave or Dave best. or Drew, Dave. Dave's coverage yeah. of the Moose is by far the best. He gives you an in depth uh, stuff, and he seems to to really he, enjoy giving yeah. you, you you the most stuff. So I think he did curve. all the home games last year. Yeah. Actually, just to interrupt that, he was and, there yeah. for all of them. Yeah. yeah, and the illegal curve. They they were a lot, uh, here before the Jets covering the. Previous incarnation of the of the moose moose one point I suppose called so um, and lots of NHL stuff I mean yeah and they, and yeah. NHL stuff too but I'm just like Daniel pointed out the the yeah. the fact that they do that so they would be mainstream media uh, as well and then uh, uh, for secondary I mentioned <coughs> destination Arctic Ice and uh, us I'm not I'm trying I'm blanking here oh uh, Winnipeg Hockey Talk oh yeah mentioned yeah. those guys right yeah, so Mitch, yeah. so. I want to kind of go through the pros and cons because I think it's valuable to admit where we have our limitations and where other ones have their limitations, where some have some some positives. So going first, you guys can pipe in any time. So with the Jets, uh, with the uh, information coming from the team, one of the pros I'm going to say for sure is going to be it's very polished. It's uh, the most access you can get. Obviously, Jamie Thomas, uh, you know they they know all the players and and, and whatnot. They I travel think. with them. They travel with them, right? Um, so there's there's going to be a, a level of access and polish to it that you're not going to find anywhere else. Tidbits. Tidbits. Yeah, just like little... rando facts and stuff like that. Yeah. Which, which nobody would know. You yeah. know, so and so wears this kind of shoe or this. Yeah. Like golf's both. this yeah, this handicap and, yeah. and that that sort of stuff and that stuff's great. That's what fans want. Yeah. All right. That's like you said, that, and that's, that's access. That's yeah. what that's it access comes to. to. It's because yeah. you get to. I don't know how it works on the plane, but I'm guessing you're kind of buddies yeah you know with somebody well, sure. on the team if whether it's a player yeah. or an equipment manager if you're traveling those flights with them you're talking to somebody yeah exactly know, or, so yeah and then or, or just listening yeah yeah you know, you're well, sitting sure. in, the, in the back you're listening to how they're interacting what they're talking you know just yeah, that kind for of sure so they get ins that nobody else is going to get for that's sure. right and uh, and uh, that's that's valuable. I think that's a, there, there's something to that. Also, they do do the the Jets media PR. They have their own app, and so if you download that app, you get. I think I, I think I, I told you about it. Yeah, that, yeah. It, like for every game, there's like a 48 page PDF that like tells you the last time these guys scored on us. You know who's uh, near yeah, milestones. Yeah. So that's all coming from from the Jets directly. So that's what's really valuable. You're getting information that you know you'd have to dig so much for before, but they kind of do it for you, and that's cool. But I think one of the negatives too is obviously. Because it's coming from the Jets, it's gonna be it's gonna be always positive, right? I know we get trashed for being so negative, but I mean that's it's also realistic to kind of kind of unless you're winning the Stanley Cup and winning the President's Trophy every year, there's improvements to be made. There's improvements to be made, and that won't really come from from the main media like the Jets. You're, uh, they're gonna it's gonna be much. it's gonna be slanted, and there's going to be no. there is going to be criticism for sure, but it's going to be worded and and carefully selected, and it's going to be kind of probably directed. Right. This is why we're struggling, like yeah. a travel schedule. Um, hey, you should really. T- I don't know. I'm not trying to speak for anybody. I would assume that when you're talking to Scott Brown, he's going to constantly bring up the injuries 
right. and how they're fighting through them and how they're working towards them. So then that way it's an easier story to put out. Yeah. I'm just, again, this is spitballing because we don't have the access. No. But, at, yeah. but from an outsider looking at that seems like one of the, the negatives uh, and, and some of the positives. I think that's fair. For sure. I don't know if there's any other main ones that you guys could think of for, for why that's good. Because the, the whole point of this little exercise is I think it's important that fans who are going to trash us for being negative, but also maybe just... Uh, suck at the teat of uh, True North like it's the, that's the only information that's there teat teat yeah that's the word who's <laughs> this guy let's meet the you parents you know the word teat <laughs> come on uh, no. you can milk anything with nipples <laughs> no. okay um, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be different I have right? nipples Greg can you milk me <laughs> I don't I don't get the reference oh watch a movie okay so so that's a positive and negative um, then moving on to uh, national media, one of the main positives, you'll know, be with us in a moment. Uh, I think one of the main positives I can think of you guys can, can add into, but the, of the national media, I think is the fact that they're kind of outside, but with access. So sometimes in our little bubble, and I remember this going around, strifely getting a point a game, it's like heart trophy talk, heart trophy talk. And me, I'm thinking, and I don't even follow the rest of the league. I, I know Daniel does a lot more than I, I do for sure, uh, knowing what's going on with other teams. It's like you're watching... Uh, Kucherov or something get a point and a half a game yeah. and you're kind of like no no it's it, like he might be our best player at that moment but in the, the bigger There's scheme of things there's better players than him right now yeah exactly yeah. And, and I think when you're just focused on the Jets maybe you don't see that no, and I think the national yeah. media like you said the TSN guys they're watching all that they're seeing all this right and so I think they, they're able to kind of add something I know people have been negative about uh, like when we have Sportsnet broadcasts and right. I, I when I interviewed Sean, Sean Reynolds, Reynolds last year that's what year. I'm thinking of right now is yeah. that interview you had with him and how he said is that that's they, the point was yeah. to sort of be unbiased and, and right and people you know as fans are used to watching the TSN three or whatever the heck it's called TSN Jets yeah. they cover six they have sixty games right so you're yeah. used to exactly what the stories are going to run you know the two intermission features they do on whatever right so then when the sports at Hockey Night in Canada whatever they come in they're also featuring the other team so if it's the Jets and Flames for example right yeah they're talking about you're hearing from you know, and people are like, well, they're not talking about the Jets at all. Well, yeah, they are, but they're also talking about the Flames. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, they're another team playing too, right. right? There's more than, and you watch. It's not slanted. It's yeah. not Homer. And I don't even think, like, our coverage at, on TSN, like, local, is Homer. It's just slanted, right? It's not like pom-pom, like, rah-rah. Yeah. Like a Blue Jays telecast, yeah, for example, yeah. right? Like yeah. where they're cheering for a home run. Yeah, I don't think they act like that at all. I give them credit for that. He's no, pretty, sure. he's yeah. pretty down the middle. Yeah. Um, but the coverage is is this is what he's doing. This is what he's doing, and yeah. then a tidbit about Johnny Goldrow, yeah. and then a tidbit about Giordano, and that's yeah. that's, that's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the same goes with the TSN National, like Mike Johnson, uh, Jamie McLennan, like um, uh, what's his name, uh, Craig Button. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're not watching eighty Jets games a year, like and like all the fans are like. I, I watch most of the games, and right. obviously most of our li- listeners or viewers are watching all the games, but they're not. But yeah. they're probably watching 40 or 50, or they're watching half of 80, plus they know the assistant general manager, and they know three of the players, and they know the play. you know what they I mean? You, yeah. So they know what's going on. So yeah. when you get a Jamie McLennan coming on and saying, so-and-so is super struggling, yeah. and maybe we're not hearing that in the local thing... He's struggling if it's making it to Jamie McLennan and it's making it on SportsCenter, yeah. right? Like, so you get that kind of dose of reality. And I think that's why the same people that kind of don't like the way we talk about the team are more comfortable listening to Dennis Bayak and Shane Knighty 
or, or who throwback, right, or yeah. whoever it is going to be. What's the guy's name? The access guy. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. He's on the thing and uh, Sawyer. Sawyer. Kevin, Ta- Sawyer. Kevin Sawyer. Kevin right. Sawyer. Did somebody say that? This is the sexiest episode oh, ever. Of course it is. You Not unless you were thing. on it. So. Oh, um. Right. Yeah. So, so you get if it's getting to that level, it's got there's got to be there's fire where there's some. Smoke, it's going down right? a few a few grapevines to get that high is basically. Like yeah, it's or, or it's obvious. It's yeah, obvious yeah. that Wheeler's struggling, or he's Sorry, tired, or or yeah, whatever, right? Because yeah. you're getting that. So, I like that perspective. I'm not a super big fan of when Glenn Healy or I know he doesn't work for uh, for Hockney and Canada anymore, but any of those guys kind of come in, Greg Millen, and they're. Uh, they watch the previous game and that's it. And then they're talking about how great Tyler Myers yeah. has been playing for eight games. And it's like, nah, he had an all right night last night. You watch the tape. And he know. has maybe five points in the last eight games. Yeah, so just... Secondary assists. And I know that's right. not also, also how it works because I know, again, Scott would come in and give this those is... guys a, a breakdown of what's been happening. Yeah. But that's slanted too. Yeah. yeah. So. But, uh, but that's, sorry, that reminds me of when uh, you did that interview with uh, Kirk Heelback. Right. And he has said how he, when he was going to call the games... From the like, he look at the Edmonton, for example, and he'd watch, you know, a couple leading up to it, and that's it. Yeah, right. And that's kind of what these national guys are doing. They're maybe yeah. watching two, two Jets games on Tuesday, Thursday, and then they're calling the game Saturday night. Right. right? And, and then, and then it becomes painfully obvious if something happened in those games, where like uh, the NHL Network when they had the thing about uh, Liney that we were talking about early earlier. They said, oh, Line in that same little clip, said Line, uh, you know, he he needs Ehlers on his line to to bring the puck. And uh, he hasn't played with Ehlers much. And I was like, well, the, the, some of your points were great, but you obviously don't watch enough Jets games because he's always been playing with and Ehlers. You don't, like, so which games did you watch that he wasn't with <coughs> Ehlers, right? And so so you get this, 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 this kind of bigger perspective, yet at the same time, sometimes when they talk about the details, you're like, okay, I'm checking out. I don't believe you at all. But the problem is... When people check out from that completely, when sometimes the the, the uh, zooming out is a very helpful thing to do and hear uh, the way we're perceived from other markets or other uh, so, people in media and not just kind of go, oh, he got the thing wrong. He said Rosslick's always it. on the second line because yeah. he played there for eight games or something and those are the two or three games they watched leading up to it. Like, no, he's mostly so, been buried on the fourth line. So this is where you could talk about not necessarily the coverage but how – we as fans absorb information, right? Yeah. We talk about, you and I talk about this in our personal lives all, all the time. Yeah, too much. Right? We yeah. talk about how people don't, they're not taking, and not critical thinkers, right? So you're not taking in this information and then maybe changing your point of view. If somebody is constantly telling you that Jacob Truba is a really good defenseman right. and your constant argument is, I don't like him or he's not very good or I don't think to leave. There's got to, you have to take it a step further and take a look. And find out why people are saying that. I know my perspective. I always thought I knew everything about hockey for the last 30 years of my life. And then as I got to know more people, I realized I really don't know a lot about hockey or as much as I thought. And I use those opinions to form mine now. To help with what I'm seeing and and critical thinking and fancy stats and standings and all of that stuff. And so when a guy on TV is talking about this is how you what line A should be doing. Yeah, he fucked up and said... He should be playing more with Nikolai Ehlers. He could have looked that up. Yeah. But at the same time, what do you say? The, the point of the matter it's was there. right. It exists. It's yeah. just the, the yeah. So he made a he yeah. made a mistake. Yeah. So, so absorb yeah. right. So absorb it and take it in and then make your opinion about what, from yeah. what you're hearing. And then that probably leads us to 
to the next to, one? To the next, to, to the, this, right? Well, yeah. I know it's not next, but we'll, we could. We'll do us to the last. We'll do that. Okay. But I was going to go mainstream media because we'll, we'll get back to that other point. But I think it's good that you say that, like, um, I can't remember exactly how you worded it, but it, what it made me think of it, at least. Maybe you didn't say it exactly. But it's important if, that you can identify people in your life that have formed your destiny. That's what it was when you're talking right. about meeting other people. Because, I mean, you, I think it's a bit arrogant to be like, these are my opinions. They're good opinions. I came up with them, and they're the right opinions. Mm-hmm. Whereas I know, without starting to name a whole bunch of people, I mean, whether it's people that you read or friends that you have that had a complete opposite opinion, and they convinced you of something because you were willing to learn, I mean, you should be able to identify two, three, four, five, six people in your life. I mean, depending how closely you follow Jets. Some people just, hey, it's a Jets game. They pay their money, and they just go, and that's it. But, I mean, obviously, we're fanning in, in a much more kind of deep way, and we know a lot of you are too, and that's why you listen to us. Um, and, and are watching this nonsense but I think you should be able to identify people in your life whether even if you listen to this I mean right. w- without going into the details we were talking about one earlier where they said listening to the podcast that really made me think about player X and that definitely changed the way that I saw player X and now I watch for this and this and that is is different than how I saw them and I wasn't willing not willing but just didn't didn't have that in me before right, right? and so to be open to to the thing and that's why I'm saying there's positive and negatives to where you're going to get your information so don't get it all from us there's other people there's there's obviously great writers people that have access there's uh, people that have polish right and uh, so I think that's important so that'll take us to the next one talk about mainstream uh, media so the, obviously this is local we talk about nationals now you know the the weeb uh, Friesen, 1290. 1290, those guys there. Um, there's a bunch of them, won't name them all. Although uh, Jim Totes said he listened to the show. Jim. Uh-huh. Yeah, hey, Jim. Jim. Hey, hey Jim. Uh, <laughs> and they've all been on their show, right? Almost, almost every single... Them. From, from every Jim, media, yeah. But almost every single local yeah, we media. Yeah, we had, we had, yeah. yeah Sportsnet, know. we had Reynolds, we had Marat from The Athletic, uh, Weeb from The Sun. Yeah. Uh, Rick Hustler. Rick and Hustler. I don't free press, I'm thinking... Maybe nobody from the no free press? press. No, that I could think of right now. But but yeah, that's not because we we're not open to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just how it works. Just whatever. So we'll we'll look at that. But uh, there's also a, a list of other people we need to get to too. Leah Hextall, mm-hmm. the athletic too. Uh, but mainstream media. So then we have those guys Mitch and, and gals. Mitch Peacock, yeah, real insider there with the uh, with the moose. Um, but so now the positives I'd say about those guys is they have access that obviously we don't have. They are just watching the team closely. But they're also, you know, trying to be impartial. We're not, I would say that media, even though some people are real critical of them and say they're homers and everything, some people will say that about certain ones, um, I think they're doing their best to be impartial. But, I mean, we're fans. We don't, I mean, I don't give a shit about the Minnesota Wild. I don't need to speak nice about them. I don't need to say anything nice about Kucherov or Tampa Bay. But I think those guys, when they talk about them, they're going to give a more fair shake to that. We're fans of the Jets, believe it or not. And so that's what we're going to talk about and come from. And we'll get to us. But I think there's there's a code of ethics that goes with being in the media. And that sort of keeps the standard at a certain level, whether you like it or not, whether you think it should be different, whether you think they're, the way that they report is right or wrong. I think there's some benefits to having standards, right? You have we don't have standards. We could, we, could just, we could just spill out every rumor we've ever heard about the Jets and just throw it out there right now, whether they're true or not. And they would never do that. And we could do that, and it's no skin off our back. We all got other jobs to go to, right? So it's whatever. But I think for them, that's that's a good thing. Are you taking a picture of the thing? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, and, and so it, that's a positive. It, right? it's definitely a positive. And I think you can't go without that. You need it. I mean, that's they get paid what they do um, to have twenty four seven local coverage or or close to it. 
yep. right? So that's a, that's an important thing. People want that, crave that information. We have an in to compare to us. We have an inconsistent schedule. Mm-hmm. You're not relying on us from six to nine or six to ten and eleven to two and all that yep. kind of stuff, right? We're not so, paid. Yep. We, you know, um, so <laughs> so you need you need that coverage, and mm-hmm. so then the negative obviously is this question mark that we all have is how much of what you're saying is i i'm i've changed my opinion on this that i don't think much is coming from the team telling you what to say yeah i think it's almost none it's i think it's almost none yeah but if i have a paycheck coming from tsn 1290 just as an example, sorry guys if you're listening, but it's just an example. If I have a paycheck coming from them, and that's dependent on what I say about them, who they play on my, right? It's a circle or a pentacle, whatever it is. You're going to be cautious about what you're saying. Period. Some people are. Some, some people the, are more some so. Some people are. Some of the time. Right? And that's whatever it is, it is. Yeah. But don't fool yourself, and this is just me speaking... Don't fool yourself into thinking that they don't have negative opinions, that they are saying everything they want to say, or that everything they know, or especially everything they know, especially everything they know. For sure, the access is and yeah. the and the insider access, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. other access, yeah. the yeah. access that the players don't want anybody to know about, the access that the general manager doesn't want any. They know that stuff. Yeah. We know situations that happen with players. And coaches and managers. And we're nobody. And we're nobody, so they know. <laughs> right? So don't fool yourself into thinking that that they're not carrying some water. And it's because of their job and it's because of their paycheck. It, it, it's just that much. It's, Again, is yeah. Scott Brown going to job. Hustler? I'm not using, not saying Hustler. but Hustler's is he, been on. We love but is he going to Hustler and saying, I want you to talk about this on your show? No. 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 But is Andrew saying, I can't rip Myers today. As much as I want to, and I have to find a better way to say it, because I like my job. And that's just an example. I've actually heard him kind of do that. Again, some people, some of the time, you can expect that, where there's going to be that... uh, And I'm not... Maybe a hesitation. Yeah. That is the best way. Sure. And And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not... It's not one specific person at all. I'm not trashing anybody. And I'm not trashing anybody. That's your job, right? And you've got to look up for yourself. And they mostly, most of the time, all if you want to use the five or six of them, at twelve ninety, just as an example, yeah. they they are critical. Yeah. They can be. They all have their time. They all are critical. Maybe it's not to the right thing or something we don't like, but they're critical. So yeah. I'm not going to take that away from them. Jim's critical of yeah. players. Troy's critical of players. Uh, Mike McIntyre. Right? Right. Yeah. It's usually not yeah. the ones yeah. we it's would the be critical players, of. Players, yeah. but that's or, <laughs> yeah, very right. opinions on players. Is, right. You know, that's the and way to so, it. Yeah. But okay. it all comes with some sort of incentive. Yeah. And that would feel like. A negative, and again, this is why I think it's important to kind of get the, your your media or your coverage from from multiple sources because there's a positive to all of them and probably a negative to all of them too. And now that takes us to us and secondary kind of media or tertiary or whatever, uh, and Jets Nation and whatnot. I mean, we're not paid to do this; we get nothing. This is just a labor of love. Costs us money. It costs us money. You know, uh, I know that some people, Jets Nation, some people they do a little. Uh, you know, they get little stipends and, and whatnot for, for the work that they do and all the articles they write. But generally, it's coming from fans. And so I think there's going to be a bit there. Scott, sorry. Oh, wrong Scott? Yeah, it's Jordan again. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, yeah, so I think there's a, a positive 
from us that you're there's not really going to be that much of a filter. I mean, we're trying to be a little more professional. Everything. Maybe some people are going to listen to this and say how unprofessional this was uh, to do this or what we're talking about right now. But I think it's something nobody else talks about. So that's where we can come in because we got nothing to lose. Maybe some people be mad about. It. I don't really know. But I think it's it's fair that people can do this, and I think it's fair that we do it. And I think nobody else because really, we we're doing really what we're doing what you would do at the bar. Over nachos, just, and we're just recording it. But yeah. we're just recording it and letting people listen this is to water it. cooler talk. Yeah, it, exactly. It, right. So there's nothing wrong with that, and we all have these same conversations every day. It so happens that the ten or eight or six guys that and ladies that contribute to this podcast um, have very similar opinions. There's no coincidence there. That's no. how you. But that's how we relate. Like that's how we all related to each other, right? We kind of and we're trying to bring about, in some other, yeah. if we can, and that's why we do the. Inter- that's especially why we do a lot of interview episodes for people that aren't super into the episodes and do like the round prefer the roundtables. We do do the interviews so that there is more objection, you know, yeah, yes. and, and other side yeah. of con. But yeah, I mean, you have you have this ability to just. This is the information age. Yeah, it's the YouTube, it's TikTok, it's Twitter. We can do this. Yeah. We're under no obligation to do it, and we're under no, no. Um, rules. This might be our last one. doesn't matter. Right? And it doesn't matter what we say. I mean, again, we're trying to be better about that. Last episode, we talked about yeah. rumors that we didn't want to spread. Yeah. Because it's hearsay. Yeah. We're not here for rumors. No. But it is important to have all sides of an argument, and I think um, blogs and and. Twi- you know, even just following people on Twitter is an important thing to make your opinions. It's my cousin, right there, just join us, hey, Jeff. Hey, Hi, anyhow, Jeff. well, anyhow, I think this is our sort of pros for us is we can do whatever we want, and that's good, and we can kind of say it. And it's like also it negative, is. and it's also the negative. So we're not going to pretend that this is the end all be all because it, it is literally negative. pointed you towards a whole bunch of other media. <laughs> that's right. I mean, they've been on the podcast. Uh, had great on the record and off the record conversations with all the people that were were mentioned, and uh, you know we, I think it's good. I think it's a great balance, and uh, I think though what we do and what the secondary stuff is sometimes it gets slammed, and I think we're important to that process. Not overly important, but I mean I think it adds a different thing. It just adds another it's layer. It's a to different the thing. thing that you can choose to listen to. Yeah, right. And like I think you, it's a sorry, Daniel. No, I think yeah, it's yeah. like the the mainstream stuff or the the national stuff. Take as little as you want, but at least be critical about your thinking of what we're saying and understand why we're saying it, and then make an assessment based on what yeah. you're hearing. And that goes. I mean, that's a life thing. The minute you realize you're not the smartest person in the room is the minute you're probably one of the smarter people in the room yeah. because you understand that you're not fucking smart you and and you're taking other people's yeah, information. To learn. Yeah. That's right. So. Yeah. That's what we try to do, and we do it with each other. We've talked about this on the podcast before. We take our information from thirty or forty people and give it to you. That's and something I was going to say. It out. That's yeah. right. I something I was going to say is a negative about the mainstream media, and I didn't want to keep going. But oh, there's I, Scott. You're thinking of sorry. Oh, there's Scott. Scott Campbell. Scooter. See, it was him. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, one thing about the mainstream media that I think is a problem is they're using only one opinion and it's their own. So when they right. go on air at X o'clock in the afternoon or the morning. Yeah. Their only opinion they're speaking is theirs. Yeah. Because they've just formed it while they were sleeping and got up and got on a microphone and talked. And I think we're all... I don't know. I, don't, I disagree with you because, I mean, like you said, those of us that are involved with the podcast, we sort of all found that we were kind of like-minded and that's why it probably has a, 
uh, this similar message. I mean, I was at the development camp and I saw all the local media guys all together and I went and chatted with a couple of them and it was great. But I mean, they're doing the same thing just instead of, you know, okay. the three of us, it's the four or six or whatever of them or the, it, but, it's the same thing though. And, but it's, I mean, uh, but I, but again, saying that Jim Toth listened to this, hey Jim, whatever. And I, and some of the people we have had on, I know that they've listened too. I think that shows growth on everybody's part if they're listening to us yes and, and we listen to them taking and, something out of it yeah and and, and we uh sometimes defer all of us whether local to some uh higher power like a bob mckenzie right or whatnot then we're all sort of like getting that information and, and doing it and i think after eight years of having the jets here that the situation uh media wise and, and information wise with the number of podcasts that are out there the number of blogs and everything has never been better for mm -hmm. jets fans to absorb stuff and i think just like i said i think we're part of that in some small way the obviously the local media is and i think that uh, there's been a lot of growth and I, I would point part of that um just because he's a friend of the show and and us is with marat joining and obviously what he brings was very similar to those of you who know who garrett is was a lot of the same stuff with the analytical thing but with a, an ability to tell stories and write it down in ways that are, are great for people so easy definitely, to comprehend is... yeah but I, like i yeah so i i would kind of disagree with you they're just doing the, just round tabling the, the same way um but i mean when people round table and then come up with a different opinion doesn't mean that they didn't round table or they didn't kind of no for you know, sure but i just think process. you find, I, and i'm more speaking of the radio guys because it's it's what kind of shoved down your throat and it's what your friends are spit spitting back to you right when you take x person on x show they're just at 6 a.m i don't know how many other articles you've read <laughs> and other people you've talked to since the game ended at 11 p.m the right. night before to form an opinion about that specific game or players and I, I don't know but I don't think a lot of people have the yeah. the all I'm saying is a lot of people don't have the base that they're feeding off I know a lot of the guys on Twitter Mike and, and Marat and Scott when he was Mike with the Factor, free press yeah. those guys are, are taking what we're saying on Twitter can we yeah. They are taking what we're saying to them on Twitter and thinking about that. Yeah, and they Whether, answer and they enter well, yeah, everything too. For sure. Yeah. I'm more talking about the talking heads, I think. And, yeah. and, and how you're just... Gary Lawless doesn't work here anymore, so we can say whatever the fuck we want to about him. He's just saying shit out of his mouth. It's just whatever he yeah. wants to say, he's just saying it. He couldn't back it up. He doesn't have any stats. He doesn't have... No, I just think Pavlik's the guy for the team. That's not... Yeah. There's nothing to that. Yeah. You're not listening to anybody else. You're not looking at anything. You're not reading anything. You're just standing around asking the coach the question, and the coach is saying, Pavlik's our guy, so you go on the radio the next day and say, Pavlik's the guy. Yeah. Well, I'll just say to this. when If you're talking about media, again, I don't have any issue with the way that anybody's really doing anything for the most part. It's everyone to teach their own. Everyone's part of this thing. You're talking about the fan and what they absorb, and that's a different story. I mean, your coworker or whatnot, if they're going to come to you and just cite one person – that's them that has nothing to do with Fair the enough. person that they're citing Fair enough, sure. so i don't so that's why i'm saying again for fans there's national media there's local media there's the, the secondary yeah. media there's the stuff from the team and i think the balance of all of it is uh, if you do all those things and absorb all that uh then you probably will have a pretty good balance and it's not doesn't mean we're all going to agree yeah, I mean, yeah we don't right. even all agree and yeah. i think i think that's a good balance and that's actually what i'm calling for and what i've tried to do is find a balance and most of that is just trying to listen to other people and again d doing the interviews right with some of the, the media it's, you're trying to learn you're trying to get things and i think that's the highest calling we can have as a fan 
you know, not, not to get too airy fairy or anything about it, but just I, I to to want to learn and to want to grow in your in your fandom. So I, I don't know. That's that's and my takeaway. And, about, so and, yeah, yeah. But anyway, you're totally off the screen. By the no, way, nobody wants to see. Does anyone anymore. have a question? I, we 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 kind of got a couple comments. We see people join. Anyhow, if you're just joining now, we're uh, we're going to wrap this up because this is getting quite long. I don't even know how long it we're is. We're long. We're quite Very long. long. Okay, let's cut it off. Um, thanks for watching. Tell other people to watch. Tell us why this was a terrible idea and why it was a good idea. Uh, tell us your thoughts because if this was terrible, we'll never do it again. If it was good, we'll do it again. If we went too far in an area, I mean, we're open to listen to that. So thanks uh, to Chris and Daniel for joining me, AJ, and doing this. And thank you all for listening. This is the Jet Centric Podcast. Drink Molson Dry. Go Jets, go. And uh, um, Go Bruins. Michael Jordan right there. No. Go Bruins? Oh, we had that Bruins thing. <laughs> oh, we had that Bruins thing. Huge. Katie will be happy. Katie, that's for Katie. That was, yeah. that was a troll job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Let's see if we can shut this thing off. I'm Kurt Kielbach, and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast. <laughs>